Thank you for tuning in to Session Notes. I'm in a world where shadows dance and secrets lurk comes an unforgettable saga of broken souls written by Alishine. Get ready to embark on a gripping journey through time, a dark southern coming-of-age saga that spans over 30 years. Nothing is as it seems. With every turn of the page, secrets unravel, revealing a web of intrigue that will leave you breathless. Breaking is the easy part. Having the courage to look into the mirror of your souls, allowing yourself to be consecrated, to rise harmoniously in alignment with self and the universe, that's the hard part. Join John and Vivian on this unforgettable journey where shattered souls rise, courage is tested, and destinies are forged. The Broken Souls series by Ella Shawn, a gripping four-book masterpiece that will keep you captivated till the very end. Don't miss your chance to experience this compelling tale of love, loss, and redemption. Purchase your copy now and be prepared to have your soul shattered. Because sometimes the darkest paths lead to the brightest light. Ella Sean, a published author, host, and unlicensed therapist on the Black Writer Therapy Podcast. Like any good unlicensed therapist, I record session notes after each session with a writer. This season, you can listen to every session note recorded. But shh, remember, this is proprietary information. Thank you for your discretion. Hi. This is Ella, and this is my first after session session notes. Today I spoke with Emmanuel Marshall, a Cameroonian French woman living in Italy. Emmanuel and I met on Substack, and I was completely blown away by an article that I read where she was talking about Black History Month being celebrated in Europe. Now, as a Black American, I knew Black History Month started here. I had no idea that other diasporic Black people were also celebrating Black History Month. It was such a novel idea to me. I had to respond to her, her Substack article. And from there, we went on and scheduled several Zooms, and we've been chatting away. And I count her as a definite writer friend. Emmanuel is a fashion writer. It's really unique the way she uses fashion as a cultural staple. And then she branches out through culture, history, philosophy, 
sociology, all the parts of it brilliantly, beautifully. Seeing she, she puts all of these pieces together, it's really nice. We were talking about so many things. <laughs> the article that was most cathartic for her was called The Myth of the Parisian Woman. Y'all, she read the article and it was the most beautiful article I've ever had read to me. I can't wait to go look at it on the Substack so that I can read it for myself because it's so much to unpack. But she said it was cathartic for her for a lot of different reasons. And you'll have to tune in to her session, which airs on June 13th. But what these session notes are about is the similarities between this young Black Cameroonian French woman who has lived in Germany, Italy, London, and of course, France, her experiences and my experiences as a Black American woman born and raised and continuing to live in the South. She spoke of being called a monkey. And I said, yes, I remember being called monkey or an African booty scratcher because of my big lip. And of course, I am a brown woman. She spoke of being thought of as not intelligent because she was black. Yes, I remember teachers and then professors and then colleagues and then just regular people being astounded by the fact that I was so intelligent. And so I'm throwing up air quotes right now, well-spoken, so articulate. Wow, you are so graceful. And those are not compliments <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Emmanuel speaks with a beautiful French accent, and it's everything one would associate with being French. And she spoke of how people are so shocked when they finally see her because. Her voice doesn't go her look. I said, aha, that part, that part. I remember being over the teacher cadet program when I was teaching, and I was in constant contact with one woman at the Center for Education, Retention, Recruitment, and something else. And we had talked on the phone no fewer than five times. So months later, we have a teacher cadet conference for all teacher cadet instructors and I show up and I know who she is because her picture is on the website. So I go up to her and I say, oh, hey, da 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 da. It's so nice to meet you finally, you know, in person. I'm Alishan. And she looked at me, and she got that M in the middle of her forehead that, that's asking the question that her mouth just could not form. 
And she finally settled on, well, gosh, I thought you'd be taller than that. You certainly sound taller on the phone. And I gave her the same look I have on my face right now. Are you kidding me? You thought I'd be taller because my voice sounds so tall? That's what I asked. My voice sounded tall? I said, I think what you want to say is you thought I'd be white because you have a certain belief in what a black woman sounds like versus a white woman. And flustered is not the word to describe what this woman became. Why am I saying all of this? Because it doesn't matter where black women are in the world, here in South Carolina, over in France, hanging out in the UK, working in Italy, working in Germany, living in Sweden. It doesn't matter where we are. There is this standard. That is what Nuo's most cathartic piece was about. The myth of the Parisian woman who sets the standard for beauty, for style, for class, for luxury. She has never been anything but white. She has never been anything but privileged. And yet, she is held on a pedestal as the epitome of beauty, the epitome of all things that every woman should, should aspire to be. Emmanuel has the mythic French woman. I had all the little white girls in my kindergarten class with book bags and lunch boxes with little people that look just like them. When I found books in my kindergarten classroom, I could not find one book that looked like me. I couldn't find anything anywhere with people that looked like me. I told this story on the very first session of Black Writer Therapy when I was speaking with Lisa Williamson Rosenberg. And every time I think about the fact that I was not a standard, no one thought that little brown girls needed other little brown girls to say, that's my standard. It was crushing. It made me feel ugly. It made me feel unseen. It made me feel small, not small in size because it was kindergarten. It made me feel small in the amount of space I had the right to take up. It made me feel invisible, unimportant, without purpose. Speaking with Emmanuel shed light on my own ignorance how I am such an American and I'm so self-centered. I focus on the plight of the Black American woman. And sometimes, most times, I am not thinking about the Black European woman. 
Are they having the same problems that we are? Are they struggling to find their own Black standard of beauty and excellence? Are they being made to feel like assimilation is the only option if they want to fully participate in their European society? Are they called exotic beauty? The answer is yes. Black women everywhere are sharing similar experiences. And we don't know because these conversations aren't being had. And that is why I love the internet. That is why I love Substack. That is why I love having this podcast. My focus will never change. I will always focus on uplifting and amplifying, celebrating the stories, the voices, and the experiences of Black women writers everywhere. To paraphrase Barbara Green, until Black women are free, none of us will be. I am Alishan, and these are my session notes. Into session notes presented by the Black Writer Therapy Podcast. If you like what you heard, please remember to like, follow, share, download, and leave a review or rating.